0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now coming up this week, I'm going to share with you my daily routine and how I go about growing sweet corn. That's coming up a little bit later. But first, today is Saturday the 7th of May 2022. And today I have had a day... In the garden at home well not an entire day I had a few things I was doing today but when I've been at home I've been doing a few bits in the garden now the first thing that I've been doing is the chickens as you know flockdown ended this week and they have been able to come out and about and they are a lot happier for it we we've noticed an increase in their egg production they look happier they look healthier and more importantly they're getting their time outside of their coop we will soon be getting the new run for them to give them more space all the time and hopefully soon now this flock down is over we're going to be able to get a couple more chickens to add to our flock Fingers crossed that is all going to happen. Now just outside my greenhouse I have had my medium veggie pod. I'm a big veggie pod fan. I've had it for about four years now. It's been a fantastic piece of kit. I highly, highly recommend them. In fact, I highly recommend them so much that I've actually bought a new small one, which I'll be talking about in a later episode. But this medium one, where it was in front of the greenhouse, was okay. I just felt it needed to be more in the patio garden. So I've emptied out a lot of the compost to make it a little bit lighter. The compost that I removed, I've placed in my grape area. And with the help of my brother, we have moved the veggie pod over into the patio garden, where it sits quite nicely in the corner, and it looks like it's going to be pretty well there I've got to get some compost to fill it up so I can start potting it into use I will probably use use it for salads like I usually do with a veggie Pod. last week you may recall I said I was cleaning the cover on this and it'd been through the wash and I'd soaked it overnight and it didn't really come up all that well it was better than it was but it didn't come up brilliantly today I dug out my pressure washer and I hit the cover with the pressure washer and that actually cleaned it up a lot better Better. Had to be a bit gentle because it might damage the cover using a, a pressure washer, but I seem to do it quite nicely, and uh, it yeah, it looks a lot better for it. So that was a big win. Now this week has been a really hard week where work has been concerned. It's been a lot of long hours, and I haven't been able to do as much gardening as I would really liked. So it, it's been a it's been a struggle. I'll be honest with you, but. This got me thinking about how I normally arrange my day so I can fit gardening in, in and around work and the weekends as well as trying to make some time for other things such as spending time with the wife. I thought I'd share with you my rough run through of how I spend my days gardening. I'm often asked how I manage to find the time to look after a garden and an allotment when I work full-time, as well as all the other things that go on in our lives. And to be fair, you know, an allotment is a bit of a dedication. There's a lot of time and money that goes into an allotment and garden. And time is a very precious resource. But what I've found over the years is that by trying to set out certain times of the day just to spend a few minutes doing all the normal tasks that I seem to be able to keep on top of things. Not always works to plan, but it certainly does help to have a bit of a plan. So what I tend to do during the week, the work days, shall we say, I, well, I'm not a morning person. My alarm goes off usually about half six in the morning and I try to get up, but sometimes it is a struggle, I'll be honest. But usually once I'm up, washed and dressed, I make a cup of coffee and I head outside into the back garden. I open the chickens up and I just spend a few minutes in the garden and particularly in the greenhouse, which is usually my first pot of coal, just do a little bit of weeding. The garden is a lot easier to look after than the allotments, so weeding doesn't take much. But I also water at the same time. Now, I filled my watering cans up the night before so it doesn't upset any of our neighbours and... I just go round all the various areas, watering and weeding at the same time. Just being methodical, and because I'm doing this pretty much every day, it doesn't take long to go round it at all. After that, I might, if I depends how much time I've got before I go to work, I might spend a bit of time just harvesting a few little pieces. Herbs are particularly good to harvest in the morning, uh, but then I'll go to work. Now, in the evening is when I now really go down the allotment. The lighter evenings have helped. In the winter, this isn't so easy, but usually i will go to the allotment on the way home if i've finished at a reasonable time if it's later on that i'm finishing work then i'll probably go home and get roxy and we'll walk down there a couple of weeks ago we went down the allotment every evening and that does work quite nicely it gives her a walk it gives me a chance on the allotment but i do like to walk roxy in different places so i try not to do that every day now it if I go to the allotment on the way home, then I'll walk Roxy somewhere else when I get home. Anyway, when I'm on the allotment, again, what I'm trying to do is watering and weeding. And again, this is just wandering around. each. I try and split my allotment into quarters and focus on a certain quarter each night. And as I'm watering, I'm just weeding out as many of the weeds as I possibly can. Like I say, on the allotment, weeding is a lot harder the allotment is definitely a lot weedier, especially with the couch grass that takes a lot of time. I usually try and do a 20 minutes, half hour, I find enough. Sometimes I might spend a bit longer, depending on how I'm feeling. But 20 minutes every day, you quickly get on top of your allotment and it does really start to take shape. After that, I might harvest a few bits for our dinner, be it tomatoes or cabbages or asparagus, as I've done recently. And then I'll head on home where we will have dinner, walk Roxy, and if I've got a bit of time in the evening, I might go out into the shed, sow some more seeds, prick out a few more plants, pot things up. Uh, then I would usually fill up my watering cans, ready for the next morning. Uh, The reason I fill them up at night, I should explain, is that filling watering cans up with water can be noisy, and my neighbours probably won't appreciate the sound of a watering can at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I find just by doing it the night before, it's ready to go, it doesn't upset anyone, and it's quick. I'll then collect the eggs from the chickens and the quail and then when it gets dark, the chickens take themselves off to bed and I lock them away. So that is what I usually do during the week. Now the weekends, and uh, shall we say when I'm not working, I, (laughs) because I'm not a morning person, it's generally a bit of a later start before I finally get up. Usually Amanda is up before me on a weekend, so she lets the chickens out. I usually try, and as you know, with a diary section, save all the big jobs for the weekend. That way I haven't got a rush to do them. I've just got to concentrate on the jobs that I do on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday. Currently, my sort of setup is Saturday mornings, I go to the allotment. It used to be Sunday mornings, I go to the allotment, but I've, I've switched it to Saturdays because I just find that I like spending Sundays at home and it works a lot nicer for us. But some weekends, I may not go down to the allotment. I have set the allotment up that it can survive without me for a week or two, just because... Well, what I mean by that is I tend to grow things like potatoes that look after themselves, uh, cabbages and carrots that that can look after themselves once they're established. They don't need me there on a daily basis. Whereas the plants that need a lot of care, they are at home. This is just how I figured it out to be easier. If I go on holiday or something for two weeks, it's not so easy for somebody to go down to the allotment and look after things for me. So I've set that up with that in mind. Now, as I say, If it's Saturday morning and I'm on the allotment, it could be the big jobs. Repairing the greenhouse I did recently, clearing out various areas, getting plants in the ground and watering them in to get them established. And pretty much it's the same what I would do at Sunday at home, the big jobs. Uh, You just heard just now I was moving a veggie pod. That is considered a big job. So what I found by doing this setup, by going down to the allotment during a week, regularly in doing those small weeding and watering jobs come the weekend I don't have to focus so much on those jobs and that just gives me a bit more time to focus on those larger jobs and ultimately the one job that I think we spend a lot of time and yet all hate is weeding so little and often really helps that's how i set up my gardening week and if anybody else has any other routines or systems that they have in place then please get in touch and share them with me as well It is Sunday the 7th of May 2022. Today you find me at home in the garden again. Now I haven't gone down to the allotment this weekend as I just mentioned in the previous section. Some weekends I don't go down to the allotment because I have got it to almost look after itself or I have plants that can survive on their own down there without me. But at home I do have a lot of plants that do need a lot of care and a lot of attention. This is one of those days that I have been dedicating to make sure that they are all looked after. So in my greenhouse I've got a lot of seedlings. uh, Tomatoes, aubergines, chilies, leeks, peppers. Too many to really list here. And some of these needed to be potted up into bigger pots, which I've done. That's um, get those into their final pots if you like, so they can go in various gardens once they're hardened off. done anything special here. I've just used some compost, New Horizon or whatever I happen to have spare, filled up the pots and pot the plants in and then gave them really good water to really get them really well established. I do find when plants are young and we first transplant them or pot them on, they do need a lot of TLC to make sure they get plenty of water in, of care. And particularly watering. That way their roots get established, find the water for themselves and they, they just become quite a bit stronger. Anyway, after that I needed to move these out into somewhere where they can start hardening off. Now in previous years, particularly last year, I have cold frames that I've used. Now last year I bought a new cold frame, but unfortunately over the winter the twin wall polycarbonate plastic pieces that it had on the top, on the lid, they had caved in somehow. I don't know how, I don't know if a cat trod on it or something like that, but I just found them caved in and I was really annoyed about it to be honest. Because these cold frames, they're not cheap, I mean there's probably more expensive ones on the market, but I expected them to last more than a year. And it didn't. Now I could have tried just putting the twin wall polycarbonate back in. But I just felt it wasn't going to be reliable enough. The twin wall polycarbonate had folded in the middle. And to me that just proved it did, wasn't going to be strong enough to hold in place. I could have got new twin wall polycarbonate of course and fixed it that way. But what I've decided to do instead is use EnviroMesh. Now what I've done is stapled this EnviroMesh on the inside of the cold frame in order just to create that blanket to hold on to some of the heat and I'm told this will work quite well I know a couple of other people who have done this so I, I think it's a great idea I like to think of my gardening hardening off system as like a production line so I start the seeds off in the heated propagators they then move out to the greenhouse and then they move out to the cold frame to start the hardening off before they finally go outside. I do keep a close eye on them during this stage, and if they do need moving back, then they will be moved back. But on a whole, I've never had to do that, and it seems to work quite nicely for my setup. What it saves me is that I don't have to then bring plants in and out every day. I find that to be a little bit annoying. I just have to move the plants once every week, and that works Great for me. Anyway, so I've moved a lot of plants out of the greenhouse into this cold frame now. These are aubergines, chilies, peppers, tomatoes, the plants I've just listed, leeks as well. And that is just so they can start hard enough, get used to going outside. So once I feel we can get them outside, which I think we're only about a week away now, next week a lot of these can go into the ground. We should be well away. Now this did free up a bit more space in my greenhouse for seed sowing. Now this time of year I don't need to use a heated propagator so much. So I can sow seeds directly into my root trainers and they sit inside my greenhouse. Last week I did a lot of beans and squashes and in fact this week I've sown a few more pumpkins as well. But something I've also sown is sweet corn. And... Because of that, I thought I'd just discuss with you how I go about growing sweet corn. Sweet corn is delicious, isn't it? And I think it is a must in most vegetable gardens if you have the space. So let's find out how I grow sweet corn. Now, growing sweet corn is actually really, really easy, and I want to talk about it today. I love sweet corn. It is absolutely delicious. I think children often eat sweet corn. It's one vegetable I very rarely hear them struggling to eat. But it's pretty easy to grow. It just commands a bit of space. And the great thing about sweet corn is that it does do really well in a very long hot summer, which I think we're going to get this year. But modern varieties are more suited to the UK climate. Now I like to sow my seeds in root trainers and I give one single seed per root trainer and what I find is that that gives them plenty of room to grow. The roots go down and by the time I'm looking to get them planted out I feel the weather is ready to get them out. They are just big enough to take up that entire root trainer. Now if you don't have root trainers then pots will be fine or you can sow them directly in the soil from now onwards. Now I should say I have planted as you heard just now, I've sown my seeds this weekend, and this is normally the time that I start to sow my sweet corn. We will be looking to plant out the sweet corn in about two to three weeks' time. So between now and then, I'll be getting the area that the sweet corn is going to grow already. It already has plenty of organic matter to it, but I will add some more if I possibly can. It's located somewhere with plenty of sunlight, so it's going to get nice and warm and have all this organic matter in its roots. So the plants are going to love it, and it's the best situation for it. Now, I have dedicated and I always dedicate an entire bed to sweet corn. And that's because sweet corn does actually need it to be planted in a block. That's because it's not pollinated by insects like most other plants it's wind pollinated so the tassels at the very top will drop their pollen for the flowers further down to catch so for best results you are best planting them in a block not in a row that's why i dedicate an entire bed to sweetcom and it will be absolutely full of this delicious crop as i said i'll be looking to plant these out in about two to three weeks time and when they go out they'll just go straight into the ground i will give them a really good watering to get them established and then i will continue to water daily just to get them established for the first week after that I will probably then start reducing the amount of time I water them so that they get, so that the roots will go further down in the ground to find water. And as soon as I start to notice that the sweet corn is really starting to grow, a mulch will go over the surface or probably grass clippings. That's my usual mulch on the allotment. That will cover around all the roots and the base. That will help Reduce the amount of watering I need to do by shading out the ground. Keep that moisture in the ground, but also suppress any weeds. Sweet corn will shade out a lot of weeds once it grows, but it's got to get quite big before it does that. Now, as these plants are growing, I might occasionally add a handful of chicken manure pellets as a bit of a feed from time to time, and perhaps a bit later on, the odd addition of grow more. But to be honest, sweet corn is pretty unfussy when it comes to feeding. It doesn't need a huge amount of food. And if you're adding organic matter already, then most of the food is going to be already in that soil. It's pretty, like I say, it's pretty unfussy when it comes to feeding. As they're growing, as I said, they don't need much of care. Just keep them weed-free where you can. Uh, make sure they don't dry out if you possibly can. And that's it. And pretty soon, what you end up getting is the are growing on the plant. Now, what I like to do is just leave them to grow and keep an eye on them. And When I start to see the tassels at the very end, like loads of little bits of string coming out the end, when i see those turn brown i will peel back the husk pierce a kernel of sweet corn with my fingernail and if the liquid that comes out is a milky creamy it's ready if it's watery it needs a little bit longer if it's pasty then it's over mature so it needs harvesting anyway but if it is ready then that's the time to harvest it. Now, I will not harvest my sweet corn until it's the very last job before I go home because once picked, sweet corn rapidly loses its sweetness as the sugars turn to starch. So you've got to get it in a pan of water as soon as you can. So I will leave it to my last job. I will pack everything up. I will record all the episodes I need to do. Everything is done. All I've got to then do is ring my wife, tell her to put a pan of water on the oven pick the sweet corn get in the van and get out of the allotment and race home and as soon as i'm home that sweet corn goes into that pan of water just for a couple of minutes just to blanch it and then it can either be put in the freezer or used in any way that we might see fit really really easy to grow sweet corn I absolutely love the stuff and I think it should be in every vegetable garden or allotment if you have the space. In terms of problems, I don't get many problems. The biggest issue you might get is mice or birds eating the seeds. So that's why I tend to do mine in root trainers. And I also can eat the seeds when the plants are very young. Now, to stop it from happening, of course, I, I encourage you to try and scare all the birds off with CDs and uh, various other things to keep mice off. Whatever you can do to stop it from happening. Apart from that, I don't get many more problems with on It's pretty hardy. And does really well. Well there you go. That is how easy it is to grow sweet corn here in the UK. If you've got any tips on how to get good sweet corn. Then please do let us know. It is Monday the 9th of May 2022 today. And I'm down on the allotment now. As I said earlier. I try to come down the allotment every evening now. Especially with the lighter evenings that we're getting at the moment. And on the way home from work I just stopped off and this has been my first chance that I've got down here since last week. Sure enough the grass has grown and I expected that so luckily I came down armed with my strimmer. And I just went around cutting down all the grass areas which didn't take too long. It's transformed it. It always looks so much better when the grass is short. Now, of course, it would be great to be able to do no-mow-may down here. Unfortunately, because of the way allotments work and the rules, I don't think we would get away with it here, which is why I'm doing no-mow-may at home. Anyway, with the grass now all chopped down, what I then did, I went into one of the corrugated metal beds that I grew an overwintering green manure. This was an autumn-winter mix, and it had grown fantastically well. It's grown nearly six foot tall, but it was time to cut it all down. So, in with a strimmer, I cut it all down, and I've just let it sit on the surface. This bed will have probably sweet corn growing in it, actually. So it's going to be fine for the time being until the sweet corn is ready to get in there. The facilia I'm leaving for a little bit longer, which is in another one of the corrugated iron beds. We're going to leave that just a little bit longer before I cut that down, because it's not doing too bad at the moment as it is. Now after that, I have now started another experiment where I'm testing out different composts. I'll come to the potato one in just a moment, but I've replicated this same experiment using the same compost... But this time with tomatoes. So I've got a, a single tomato in four different containers, and these containers contain different composts. We've got a compost from BNQ, a compost from Wix, a compost from Asda, and New Horizon. Now this is the same as what I'm doing with potatoes and I said I would come back to the potatoes in just a moment because I recall mentioning them last week and that they are off to a good start. What's interesting is the ones that are in the wicks compost are still not showing any signs of life at all. The other three They've got a good six inches on them now, particularly the B&Q compost. That seems to be doing some of the best. So it's interesting. It's interesting that the Wicks compost is so far behind. It could be a bad batch, of course. Don't take that as gospel. But this is just the point of this experiment. And that's why we're going to try it again with tomatoes. Now I have had to go and harvest some more asparagus because that has shot up as well and we've got plenty of it. This year has been really good so far for asparagus. We've had a good, oh, how much do I reckon? £20 worth of asparagus this season so far. I'm happy with that. And I'm happy with will be harvesting all that because I do like asparagus. Some of my onions have started to produce some more seed heads, which I'm snapping off and using just like spring onions, but they're actually bulbing up quite nicely. I don't think it'll be long before I can start harvesting some of those. And well, I can start harvesting some of them to be honest. And finally, my leeks. Now, these leeks have been growing for over a year now. They've got bigger and bigger and doing really, really well. I grew too many that we didn't manage to eat them all up. But what I've noticed, they're also putting up some seed heads. And pretty much all of them now need to be harvested, which we're going to do during this week. Because of a seed head, because it's starting to bolt, we're going to have to find a way of using these leeks up. I suspect what we're going to have to do is cut out the central woody core... And use the leeks in, type, in some type of soup or stews or something. Just to get them used up so as they are not wasted. This is quite important at the moment. It's cost of living prices. We cannot waste a thing. And there is a good 15 leeks of a good size here. So I think they all need using up and pot to good use. Well, that brings us to the end of my gardening week here at the Veg Grower Podcast. Don't forget to please get in touch and share with me what you've been up to over this last week. My email address is richard at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can find me on social media and drop me a message there. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then perhaps you'd be good enough to leave me a review on whatever podcast service you use to listen to your podcasts. And finally, if you've really enjoyed this podcast and you want to support the work that I do, then perhaps you would consider becoming a member of our supporters club. Details on that are on our website at the VegGrowpodcast.co.uk, where you can sign up to become a member. And for your membership, which I charge just five pounds a month, you get seeds sent to your door every month as well as extra behind the scenes podcasts. Well, That is everything taken care of for this week. We'll be back again next time. So until then, please take care.